0: Well, let's see um, about me. I am—I always like to talk about where I'm from, which is New York. I'm a native New Yorker, born and raised. Um, I spent some time in the South, going in uh, South, going to school, and I created a live stream business um, about oh boy, about four five years ago. <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to Obey Podcast. I'm your host Obey Ewafu, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now, let's get started into this episode.
0: And I started to actually live stream probably in 2015. So I came across just live streaming this new thing in Periscope, and it was amazing. And I said, you know what? I'm going to test this out and try it out. And I did. I had my own show for about six months, which was actually very successful. But then I said, you know what? I think I want to really spend time um, teaching others how to use their voice through live video, because I felt like live video was just a really, really great way to show your authentic side and to show uh, people who you were and what you do um, um, quicker than any type of other medium, like other than writing and, and social media posting and stuff like that. So I, I did it and I've been doing it since then. <laughs> you know, I, I work with people and I help people and I help kids tell their stories through live video. And I love it. I mean, and it's funny because I'm an introvert. So me, doing this it's it's kind of something that was initially out, out of my um comfort zone but i just i love it <laughs> that's
1: great that's great me. um
0: anyway i don't know uh,
1: how many of these episodes that you have seen in mm-hmm. in, uh, in overhead podcast we pay a lot of attention to the african diaspora of course that is our mm-hmm. main target no that is right. the target here mm-hmm. and be who we are african diaspora our story is particularly important. So right. if I keep asking you things about you uh, your childhood and things like that, it's because I love it. Because it's about us. Uh, so that is where we actually start from. Because of course, by the time we go in, we see that uh, it actually on it, it begins to unwrap itself as we as we move mm-hmm. on. All
0: mm-hmm. right.
1: So help me with that. Uh sure. you're growing up Ask in away. New York.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ask away. Um, Yeah, me growing up in New York. So I actually came from a large family. My mom and my dad were both um, one of 11. So for me, family was extremely important. Um, I just remember, I jokingly, my husband has a smaller family and we jokingly say like, he says, he jokingly says, I have no friends. Um, <laughs> and it, and it's because like my cousins were my friends, right? My cousins were the ones that I hung out with. They were the ones that like with my mom was very overprotective. So if i said to her you know i'm going to go spend out spend a night at my cousin's house or my aunt's house it was never really a question um, it was more of you're going back there again. (laughs) You kind of need to stay home. Um, but yeah, we grew up in a really big family. Um, I just remember spending a lot of time, especially with my maternal grandmother and my grandfather, um, and just kind of just enjoying the wisdom that they're they shared with me and then spending time with my aunts and my uncles and just that was, that was my life. So me and my brother, uh, that that was our life, spending time with our family and just being New York kids, like um, taking advantage of all the things that New York um, had to offer and just being um, New Yorkers, I guess. <laughs> The New Yorkers. Okay. Hello, New Yorker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. 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 Big time. <laughs> All right. So so how, how is it really
1: easy to grow up in New York, a city as metropolitan as New York?
0: Um, what is it like growing up in New York? Um, I find that growing up in New York, kids are a lot more they grow up a lot faster. They tend to be a lot more uh, I guess responsible in some, in some ways they take on a lot more responsibility sooner because like, I know with, like my friends who, who grew up in the suburbs, you had to wait to a certain age to be able to like drive and to be able to go out, like just kind of like without your parents and with New Yorkers, like I grew growing up, like I had friends who were in like third and fourth grade who were traveling to school on buses and trains by themselves. At that age, and that's what probably about nine or ten years old. So it, I think that uh, I think that growing in, up in New York, you definitely have to have some kind of I guess definitely street smart. You have to to have uh, understanding of like what, what your surroundings are, and then you also have to be a go getter. So like I remember at seventh grade saying, "Hey, you know what? I don't want to just." go to school and then come home. And I want to find some other things to do. So like, I remember literally at the time I'm telling my age, we didn't have the internet. (laughs) So I was like using, I think phone books or whatever, and finding like activities and after school programs for me to be a part of. And, you know, just, just being more, I guess, and having more self agency, agency, having more of a self agency, I guess. I I don't even know if that's right, but just basically having more control over what I wanted to do and where I want to be. So I think like my son is 14 and I have a nine-year-old. My oldest now is, is, you know, he calls me and he's like, oh, I'm hanging out with my friends after school. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. What time are you coming home? And so he, you know, he, he's a New York kid. Like he, you know, goes, you know he's a big like he loves us uh, video games so like he'll go and find these video game stores that he goes to and stuff like that so i think with new york kids you have they they tend to be a lot they grow up a lot faster
1: <laughs> that's a trend. Yeah, because you grew up in new york now uh having your children grew up there when they begin to tell you what you used to tell your parents now then uh, is it's very it's very easy to understand no
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but see, now we have cell phones and we can track them. So it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A
0: lot That's easier. True. That's
1: true. That's true. <laughs> All right. So now tell me about this, your this your strong passion for what you do today. How did it occur to you that you were going to be doing what you are doing right now? I mean, is it because um, you read it somewhere, somebody proposed to you about it? Or tell me, how did you find yourself in it?
0: Okay. So the way I found it, found myself into like live streaming really was, it really started even before I knew about live streaming. I had always said that if there was a new like tech or social media platform or something that I could get involved with at the, at the ground level, I would do it. And I had, you know, prior to getting online and doing live streaming. I had been like a stay-at-home mom for a very, for a, a number of years. And I had like, went back to work, uh, found a temp job that I was working I absolutely hated, didn't pay anything. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I just can't do this anymore. And then one day my husband had sent me uh, these links to podcasts and I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll start listening to these podcasts to kind of just help me really, yeah. You know, get out of the rut, right? So I'm working, listening to these podcasts. And one podcast started talking about Periscope. And I said, okay, what is this Periscope? And Periscope at that time had just started in April of 2015. And I had come across it in October, 2015. And I started listening to it, started watching it. And I just was just like, wow, this is, this is it. This is new. This is not a lot of people are doing it. Um, webcasting had been around for I think I believe late nineties, but as far as periscoping and being able to like, use live video as a person who just had a cell phone, that was something very new. So I just said, Oh, I'll try it and I'll get into it. And I tried, did my first live stream in October. It was, and I often tell the story, my audio sucked. My video sucked. It was dark. i had a scarf on. It was like 5 a.m. in the morning. I was afraid to talk. Uh, And it just, it just kind of opened up my new, my world. And then following like months later, probably I believe it was like March, 2016. I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to get on Periscope. I'm going to go every day, Monday through Fridays and give one tip about how to find work at home opportunities and for, for parents And from there, it just kind of blossomed. I started meeting people on Periscope, being part of a bunch of groups. I decided like in October, which was ironic, was like literally a year after I first got onto the platform. I decided that I was going to do my own talk show and actually it was going to be just like a one time thing, but it was so successful that I uh, was encouraged to do it uh, on a monthly, on a weekly basis. And that's what I did. And it, it took me in so many directions uh, and it just gave me so many opportunities that I wouldn't had even thought of. And, you know, so then I just, (laughs) <laughs> and the rest is history. I, I'm here sitting, talking to you about my experiences eons ago.
1: <laughs> That's great, yes, You see, these stories are important. No, they are important mm-hmm. because there are other people who are uh, who are where you are. You were there. They are still there mm-hmm. today. They have not moved. But by listening to you now, see how you have moved. How you have transitioned from that level to where you are today. Mm-hmm to get the inspiration. This is the whole essence why we are here, to inspire ourselves, to move from that point where we are thinking that it is our comfort. Because really, nothing is going to come to us in our comfort zone. Anyway, uh, um, a friend of mine was saying one time that, Maybe if you are just sleeping on your bed, that is one probability. Maybe out of a million or two million, that maybe a thief has stolen money somewhere and is running mm-hmm. and they see that your window is open and they just throw the money into you and now mm-hmm. you are lucky. You can be rich like that. Yeah, but exactly. that is that probability. The chances that is going to happen is too slim. It's, that is the chances is too slim. Right. So, what exactly. I mean is that you really are going to have to take your chance. You are going to have yes. to. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you do, you do, you do. You know, anything is a risk, right? Like I, and, and again, it was like, I think when I started this whole process, it was really just a point of revelation because I had also had like, at the same time, had read this article that said, you know, making an odd case for entrepreneurship and saying that, you know, there's a risk in staying at a job, right? There's a risk at someone saying you're fired. Like, so there is always a risk and you just have to make um, in your head that you're confident that this is gonna work and keep pushing and putting yourself in positions that will allow for that.
1: Uh, you see, Yasmin, in this podcast, uh, it's true that we pay a lot of attention to African diaspora as a group of people, uh, but we also are key on the business in, the, in, the, in, um, in our community. So right. starting a business is something that we are particularly interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, now, because you have made the transition, what would you want to say to somebody uh, like a woman like you, uh, a mother somewhere it might not necessarily be in New York, it might be in California or maybe in mm-hmm. London or in Paris, and me, I'm in Italy you know who mm-hmm. sort of feel comfortable just being at home. Um, what would you like to say to such a person as a way of? gingerly that individual too hey don't stay in that comfort zone
0: (laughs) yeah uh i always say are will you be satisfied if you look back a year from now and say i did what i wanted to do and i did the things that i i i've been saying that i wanted to do and if you can say you know, if I, I, this is two thousand twenty-two, and if you say in your to your 2020, 2023 person yourself, I was happy with what I did within the year, then great. But if you say to yourself that I feel like I could have done more, then that's that's kind of your barometer, right? That's kind of your your answer, because if you don't, if you're not taking steps forward. Or saying hey you know what this is something i want to do and never actually take the steps to make it happen you know that's lost time you know so i would say if there's something that you want to do do it find a way we can always find the excuses for not doing something but let's find start finding um reasons for doing something
1: uh now let's back to the uh, live streaming business sure. of yours okay um now, first of all, let's let, let look at it like, like this. How does it even work? For some people who do not understand how this business works, this mm-hmm. live streaming thing, explain it okay. to us.
0: Uh, so are you, well, okay, this, there's several aspects of it. So basically, I mean, with the live streaming, uh, and are you speaking about like the technical aspect of it or just like why people are so enthralled with live streaming? I don't know. Actually, I'm trying to look at your space
1: in it, how you uh, run it, how you work with it. Uh, I'm not in okay. live streaming in general. Okay, if you can explain it in general, that is fine. Okay. But actually, I'm interested in your space of it, your okay. business model. In
0: gotcha. Gotcha. So, we basically work with um, in live streaming, with, we do live streaming in two ways, right? We have two programs, uh, two target markets that we concentrate on. One, we work with kids. And we work with kids starting as early as grade four and going on up. So we do high school, there's some college, uh, and, but I also focus is also out of school youth who tend not to be interested in going to college, but need some kind of set of skills that will allow them to basically make a living, right? And take care of themselves. And then we also work with like nonprofits and organizations and solo entrepreneurs who want to bring their stories offline their offline stories online and using live video video as a way to connect with their communities. So for the one, for the portion that we do when we're working with kids, we, my belief was that when I um, started with live streaming, there was a, not a lot of, you know, Brown and black people who were doing it. And oftentimes I find that, you know, when new technology comes out, We tend to be lagging behind and we're not taking, getting quote unquote hip to the game until like, you know, four or five years later on. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to be able to create a space where kids, you know, our kids could actually take advantage of this and learn the skill. And if they had a company or entrepreneur or somebody coming to them and say, hey, I know you have this set of skills you know, I want you or I need you to help me with X, Y, and Z related to live streaming. That's what I wanted to do. So it's, it was really just giving kids the opportunity to learn. And especially since they're like doing YouTube and TikToks and they're doing all these things related to live video, giving them a way to kind of really challenge, channel that in a professional way uh, so that they can show up and, and who knows what they would do with it. Right. And also tell their stories, which is the other big piece to it. So, and then, so go <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: good. That's good. All right. Now, I'm trying to understand also looking at the skills that you will need to, to run the business, now, mm-hmm. um, because uh, one thing is to understand what you want to do. Another thing is to know how to do it. So when you right. realize that this is what you wanted to do, how did you mm-hmm. manage to get the skill? Because like you said, Dan, there were not too many people that, are, that were doing mm-hmm. it at the time. Right. So, Okay. Tell me about it. How did you learn it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a lot of process, um, error, process and mistakes and errors and uh, long nights and all-nighters and just uh, just looking at what others are doing and then figuring out how I can inject myself in the space. Uh, it, was, it was a lot. I don't think I really, to be honest, really got the hang of it until I started the business. Um, and even then it took me into another realm because at the time I was just, and I'll, I'll full disclosure, my background, I was in wall street. So I started out working in like investment bank and credit derivatives and all that stuff. That's where my space was. And then when I, um, laid, got laid off and then stayed home and, and it was raising my, my children, uh, I came across this. So my experience was not in production. Like I could not tell you what an ISO was versus a, you know, F stop (laughs) was, Uh, but it was a lot of just kind of just watching YouTube, talking to people, having, being part of just different groups who are going through the same process that I was going through and just learning. Like I literally, when I did my show, I put my show together um, within 24 hours and that was and i was up all night i did an all nighter to get everything together and i was just you know i just learned it i just it was really so all self taught <laughs> all self taught i don't i haven't gone to one class no actually i take that back i went to one class but it wasn't even for live streaming it was for like video production but i you know and i think it was like maybe for a couple of weeks but i haven't really gone to any classes it was just a lot of just kind of trial and error <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. And those technical part of it, maybe how did you manage to begin to figure that out? You know? What was it's... he? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it's a lot of it's I mean, it's reading it's talking to people who are doing it. It's acting, asking really dumb questions, but I ask them anyway, because I want to learn. Like, I remember going into this, uh, it was like a meeting or a network meeting when they were talking about live streaming. And these were like a lot of, I think I might've been the only like non-production person, but everyone was like in producing, they were in production, they were doing their live streams. They were using like equipment, like, you know, the new tech, and the live view solo and just all these other type of like high end, high end live stream production equipment. And I'm coming in there and saying, Hey, yeah, I do my ticker using PowerPoint and quick time, And like looking back at, <laughs> it now and and I look back at it from then I'm like oh my gosh I was so embarrassing it was so embarrassing but I was like at that point I didn't care I didn't care if I was going to be embarrassed I didn't care if I didn't know something I was going to my goal was my end goal was to get better in live streaming. And that's what I was going to do. So regardless if I was going to sound silly, regardless if I was going to sound dumb, I just wanted answers and I want to figure out how I could get better at something that I'm truly was enjoying doing.
1: You enjoyed doing it, you insisted mm-hmm. on it, and now we can see. All
0: yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> now teach others to do it. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> and I'm still
0: learning. I'm still learning. Like, there's, mm. it's, it's, it's a never-ending. There's still things that I don't know. And I think this year has been me practicing and getting better with, like, with my camera angles and, you know, the lighting and the audio and stuff like that. So I'm always learning. It's, you know, I, I think that it's sometimes, it's okay to look silly and it's okay to ask stupid questions as, but there's no, really no stupid questions, but it's okay uh, to ask these questions.
1: Somebody told me one time, look, I wanted to ask a question. I said, well, this question might look stupid. Uh, actually, when where I was working, the manager looked at me and said, no, that is no, and he said, no, that is no stupid mm-hmm. question. Exactly. So go ahead and ask. Exactly, I want to believe
0: exactly. that he's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, I kind of think there may be some, but I, I think like you have to think about it, right? You have to think about what is your end goal. And is your if your goal is to get better, then you have to put yourself out there and you have to ask those questions that you may not, you know, you may not may not be the best, the smartest questions has, but if you get the if you get the answers that you need, then who cares?
1: <laughs> that's fine it's, it's the end at the end it, it, it's, a, it's because you want to get something clarified. if it was clear exactly. you wouldn't ask no
0: <laughs> Ex- exactly exactly <laughs> so, so
1: right now is a uh, live streaming your main business or maybe mm-hmm. do you also do other things along with it
0: um well my live streaming for the most part is my main business i when i'm working with clients outside of working with the students when i'm working with clients i do either it's kind of several ways that I would work with them. Right. So I typically either work with kids, I mean, with student, with my clients who maybe they want strategy and including with the live streaming, but it's really all at the core of it, live streaming and, and, and based at that, like I have, I've had people who come to me and say, Hey, you know what, do you do promo videos or, you know, can you, you know, record video, do a video of such and such. And I'm like, my, the core of the business is live, live streaming, because that's what I know. Like I know live streaming strategy. I know what you can, you know, how you can come across and, um, over camera. I just, that's what I know. So that's pretty much what I stick to. (laughs) And, you know, and it also helps to kind of narrow because oftentimes you have videographers who are great video, who are great at video, doing video work but don't know the live streaming side of the business. So I, I, I pretty much stay in my lane. <laughs> That's
1: good. That's good.
0: Now, would you want to tell me a little bit more on the business model, how it
1: works with you, the live streaming?
0: Okay. So what we, what we tend to do is uh, we work with clients in the consulting capacity. We also work with clients if they say, hey, you know what? We just need you to come in and be the production crew for the day. And uh, we also work with them if they need like a series to actually create a whole series, right? So I really enjoy the strategy piece to it because it allows me to kind of really show share my experience and and of what I've done in the past, which was producing, um, promoting, and repurposing the content of live video. So like I had, for example, I had a university that I was working with like last year and all they wanted to do because of the pandemic was to use live video as a way to uh, promote the, fundra- the the program that, was, that they were doing for the year, right? It was like an uh, uh, anniversary that they were celebrating and they wanted to basically be able to promote that. So they brought me in to basically show them and give them ideas on how best to uh, use these series that they were doing to promote and engage the community. I had another client who just wanted me to come in and just bring my crew and shoot <laughs> the 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 um the concert that they were hosting, and then that was it. So we work with the basically I I say with three ways, but we work really in two ways. It's a strategy plus the production, or it's just production, or it's actually just consulting a strategy so because sometimes some people some some clients actually have the team so they just need me to come in and say this is what you should be doing and this is what my recommendations are
1: uh, now your client are they like uh, maybe institutional policy uh, institution, polity, mm-hmm. uh policies? Uh yeah, yeah. (laughs) business or individual. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, you can also work for politician. Or if uh, when Joe Biden was running, yeah, you can, you can. Why not? Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) We, I mean, I find that like with the live video and live streaming, you really can do with anyone and any any entity uh, we, but we've been mostly been working with a lot of nonprofits, uh, and a lot of entrepreneurs and then some businesses here and there. And then of course the students in the schools, like, so the schools, so like sometimes we'll have nonprofits who also are youth facing nonprofits. So they'll bring us in and we'll bring our program and, and we'll work with them that way. But then there may be some cases where they have maybe an event, something that they're trying to launch and they have us come in and, and work with them in that way. So it, really just depends. But, uh, I think anyone can do live streaming. I think that it's a really great way. If you're trying to find a way to reconnect with the community, it's a really great way of doing that.
1: All right. A couple of, uh, a month ago, I, I went to Venice because there was a conference there, so mm-hmm. I went with a friend uh, where mm-hmm. we we stream uh, the event on uh-huh. YouTube because we, of okay. course, we connected our OBS and some and some tools uh, mm-hmm. uh, which we we used to stream. In fact, also a couple of days ago, I was in a in a in a, in a trade fair that was organized in Milan, so we also uh-huh. did a similar thing. Basically, of course, we do some interview and all that. I gotcha. don't know if that is similar to what you are doing, or because of course what we did, we just we have the camera too that are facing one for the guest, uh, one right. for so for the host, right, and then right? Everything connected. So I don't know if if you can explain to her, if it is like that or something. He,
0: yeah. yeah, it is. Any anything that's involving a camera, a mic, an encoder, and pushed out to either a social media platform or a private link, that's what we do. Right. So it, it's it's funny because especially with the pandemic now, like you have webcasting, which is really webinars, which is really vir- virtual conferencing, which is and then it's live streaming, which is insane. It it's it's kind of it's used interchangeably. But then if you're thinking about streaming, then you're thinking like Netflix and OTTs and all that other stuff. So it's it covers there's a really wide range of it. And it really depends on what. Um, who you are, what your goals are, and what you're what you're doing, like for example, when you're saying in your case, you guys went to a conference and you guys you know decided that you wanted to interview people and you live streamed it using obs it's yeah, it's it's a big it's a big space uh, and there's so many different ways to kind of look at it, I guess
1: mm-hmm. well say maybe for example, because people that are watching this uh, podcast, some of them are maybe um podcast hosts like like me. Uh, as mm-hmm. some other individual out there who are just maybe content creator, intense or maybe video YouTube uh, YouTube video and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, how would people like that benefit from what you do?
0: How would okay? So let me make sure I have the question right. So you're saying how would someone who is a podcast host benefit from something that I do, which is through live streaming? Yeah. Um, I think that. I think you guys in the lot you do this pretty much the same thing that you do with audio you would do in this in, in the live streaming space. But I think the difference between how someone could benefit in the live space is that you're when you're doing podcasting, you're behind, you know, behind the audio. Like no one actually ever really sees you unless you're like putting pictures up or something like that. I think for a podcaster, adding the live video component allows your community to interact and to re- reconnect with you and for you to really Uh, give uh, another side, another dimension to what, to the content that you're sharing. So like, I know a lot of, there are quite a few podcasters who actually do live uh, video podcasting, right? So it's basically the same thing. The difference is you're recording it and then you're uploading it as opposed to doing like something live where you're actually inviting your community on during the actual show and having them interact and comment on what you're doing. So I think that th- there's so many ways that you can benefit from it. Like I, um, you've been doing this for you know quite some time, right? So having like these live components, maybe once every quarter, right. Or maybe once a year or sometimes semi-annually, and then inviting your community to actually come and interact. Right. Um, I know there's, there've been before the pandemic, there were actually, there was actually a podcast event where they actually did a live podcast where they actually were recording, had, had in-studio guests. And then they also were live streaming it, pushing it out, I believe to like, Facebook, and uh, I believe to Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch, and then having their communities who were not able to be physically in the studio, commenting and asking questions and engaging with them. So there's a lot of ways that you can do it. And then from the sponsorship perspective, being able to give your sponsors some another medium for them to be able to connect with the community using live video is a really great way of doing that.
1: All right. Now, looking back again at <laughs> the community, of course, the community mm-hmm. we are concentrating on the African diaspora community in this case, no? mm-hmm. because um, we need content. We need right. a lot of it uh, right. so compared to how much content is consumed within the community that is right. literally that we are producing. Okay, I know that we produce music and all that, but mm-hmm. I need more. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> always more. Always, more is always good. <laughs> <laughs> so since this is the sector that you are, and this is what you are also proposing, mm-hmm. what do you think maybe need to be done? Because I, I see the work that you are doing, for example, it's already encouraging mm-hmm. to others to do.
0: Right. Because
1: now they see you doing it, meaning that they can also do it because they are like you. Compared right. to maybe somebody that is not like they're doing it. Well, yeah, right. they can. They are good because, but they are not like me. I cannot be like them. No? So, right. in this sense, what do you think? Maybe we can do to create
0: more content
1: because we are consuming too much and we are creating less.
0: Yeah, I think in general that's just an issue. There's always more content. There's always more content consumers than there are content creators, and I think that. I think the first thing that people need to realize is that you have a voice, right? And there's something in your life, in your expertise that you should be sharing with others. I oftentimes think that people are so focused on, well, it's already been done. Uh, People don't want to hear what I want to have to say. And I think that kind of creates, creates that roadblock and prevents us from actually moving forward. But I, I can imagine, like, we're, we're just as a people, we have so many untold stories. And I think that if we start focusing on, instead of focusing on, you know, there's a story that's already been heard, just share your story, right? And do it in come see me. <laughs> and I'll show you how to do it in, in, in a way that's, uh, that's professional, and, and, it's, and it's formatted and, and, and it's fluid. But, First, start with what is your story and, and share that because someone, I guarantee there is someone that wants to hear your story and your perspective that they might not have like thought of.
1: Now, let's look at it again from another perspective, this time okay. from a business perspective, because there I'm is this- a lot of money to be made in storytelling.
0: Yeah. Now, uh,
1: looking at around, maybe around New York, because that is where you are. Uh, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. living in Verona, another part of Italy. This mm-hmm. is where I am. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you want to know what is happening here. Just like I want to know what is happening there. The way we can do this is by you telling me and me mm-hmm. telling you what is happening exactly. here. That is already a, a lot of value being exchanged here. Mm-hmm. So looking at this, even from this perspective, right? do you think people can... People don't realize yet that they can make money telling story that they are not doing in. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can you say anything there?
0: Oh gosh, yes. Uh, uh, and that you know what? I'm glad you actually pointed that, pointed that out because I think oftentimes when I'm talking to my clients, I always when I'm talking to my clients, I always ask them, "Hey, what are your goals?" Before we even like start start going down the route of like creating a live stream show, I always ask them what are our goals, and of often always I get, I want to make money off of this, but I'm not sure how. So when I first actually started live streaming, I wasn't making any money. Um, I was making some money, but just not, not that much. When I did my show, I actually started figuring out, like I started selling advertisement on my show and I did it. It wasn't, and even that wasn't a lot, but I, uh, I sold out of the advertisement, right? So I often tell people the great thing about live streaming is that you can have so many touch points. Like right now you have your lower third, right? You could actually have an advertiser's logo there. Like we have the background, we could have advertising logo there. And even with just different businesses, right? There are so many different partnerships that you can create using live video, Eos, just say and I'm, I'm let me just kind of I don't really have an example right now but like just say that you're maybe a you make uh, let me t-shirts right and maybe partnering with the t-shirt maker or maybe you have t-shirts and you have you're getting uh, uh, designs and stuff from these amazing amazing student artists right? you could actually have a show where you have the background of behind the scenes of how do you make the t-shirts, right? And how do you make these designs and how do you take the, the the blending of choosing a design, putting it on a t-shirt and then, you know, selling that literally online, like doing a QVC style. So there's so many things. One thing I like about live streaming is there's so many ways that you can actually make money, whether you're actually selling products directly to your viewers, whether or not you're actually uh, putting, having a segment sponsored and you having uh, sponsorship uh, segments, I mean, there's so many things that you can do and I, I, I could keep talking about it, but there's like, I mean, literally there's so many things like you can repurpose your content and then you're selling that to people who want to learn to, to learn a specific tool that you're, your, or expertise that you're sharing. There's so many ways that you can make money using live streaming. And I think oftentimes people get wrapped up in just the idea of doing it and being intimidated by doing it. Rather, rather than thinking about what are the potentials that could happen if you do do it, potential that could
1: happen if you do do it, really, that potential mm-hmm. is very huge. It's
0: big. Yeah, it is. It is. It is <laughs> look, really big. Like yeah, look, I-, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I look at us as a people who have this wealth, this ocean of story to be told. We just sometimes mm-hmm. we complain that they don't tell, they don't tell enough about us. But come on, we are not sick. Can't yes. me the word chapter
0: in this narration. Exactly. You know what? And you're you're so right. And I think that's at the the girl, especially with the the kids. Um, and actually, just in general, with my client, just just the people that I've worked with in general, was that was the reason why I really want to do it. Right? Is because there's so much control over the content that we see, the content that we can consume, and I think that it's kind of. Like this is, gives you an opportunity to take back some of your power and actually share uh, your story, right. And share that different perspective because it's a very, uh, it's a very uh, limited, very narrow way of looking at things sometimes. And I think that was, that's, that's what I really was attracted with live streaming was that it gave me an opportunity to see other stories and other people's uh, uh uh what they were doing that you probably wouldn't see in like mainstream. All
1: right. Now because um, what we are hoping that is there is not there yet, you mean that is mm-hmm. something blocking it now because we, we are saying just now, you and mm-hmm. I, that we need more story to be told about our community, about our people. Yes. Uh, because that is not happening yet. Meaning there is something between that what we want and mm-hmm. that which is which, what it is today. Yes. So, what do you think is blocking the people? Maybe based on the conversation that you have had, mm-hmm. based on your claim that you have had, why mm-hmm. do you think people are not doing it? Even though that it's actually they are competent enough to do it, because there are a lot of educated people, technical mm-hmm. people. Because what do I? I don't need to do anything here. I'm just sitting there talking to you. That is this is the content we are creating, you know.
0: Right. And I'm
1: I'm going to make a living for this conversation. Right. So help me with that.
0: Um, I really think it's mindset. I know for me, I did not start believing that I could do it until I started just like getting over my mindset. Like, I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of self doubt. And I think this goes back to what I said earlier, which is people think that, you know, no one wants to hear their story. No one's really interested in what they're, what they're saying. And I sometimes feel like I, I got to meet for me personally. I got to the point where I was like, so what? I don't care. If you you don't want to hear it, guess what? You can like, turn it off. You can like close it out. You don't, you don't have to listen. Right. But there is somebody who wants to hear it. And I think sometimes we get so wrapped up and involved in our own heads that we're not willing to take the risk and put it out there. And this we're missing out as a society. Like I think we definitely are because you're you're being so afraid not to share your story and it's making you miss out on giving somebody else your gift or sharing your gift with someone else.
1: That is not very good. It's not good enough. No,
0: it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's not, right? We should we need to take risks. I often say to myself, and I, I share this always like with my students, with my clients, it's like, what's the worst that can happen? They can say no. <laughs> and then <laughs> you move on. Nothing, nothing happen. You just move to right. the next one, no? <laughs> exactly. 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 Like they, they say no and you move on. Like Yeah, yeah. All right. Now talking about students,
1: I talking. Mm-hmm. You you did make mention of that uh, of the of the fact that you work with uh, children. But mm-hmm. Can you say something about that?
0: Working with the kids. The reason why I like I said the reason why I wanted to start working with the kids was that I believed that this was something that students should know about, or at least be aware about, or at least try try and see if they w- they would want to do it. And I think at the bigger picture, one thing that I'm looking at doing is taking live streaming and using it as an example and then being aware of like what other trends in technology or uh, like there's metaverse right and our kids should be learning about metaverse now like i i truly believe that we need to be able to give kids the opportunities now as opposed to waiting 3 and 4 and 5 and 6 years down the line where the market becomes really saturated And they're everyone who knows it and and knows whatever the, in this case, live streaming. And there's really, there's a lot more competition. I really want to do something where live stream was fairly new. There's not a lot of people were doing it. And I thought it was a great opportunity to give the kids at least somewhat of a leg up to be able to do this and, if they decided that they wanted to do it and move on and go kind of go further into it, they could. Or if they decide, Hey, you know what, this is a great opportunity and I'm done and I'm just going to go back to doing something else. They could do that too. But I, 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 saw live streaming as a way of giving our children choices. And that's what I want to do It's like, I want to be able to create expand this program all over the world to give our children opportunities to make their own choices.
1: Uh, what is the reaction of these children uh, to, to the offer that you are giving to them?
0: They like it. Uh, it's funny because I was actually talking to uh, a school recently and one of the, the, the con- my contact was sharing with the st- one student of hers, what we, they were trying to do or potentially do. And the student was like, wow, that's fire. (laughs) So, (laughs) so they are into it. I mean, I have some kids who are like, I don't want to be on camera, but I want to be behind the scenes. Like I want to do this. And I've had students who said to me, you know, working on this project, I did not realize how much it took or how much, um, how, how many, how many moving parts was involved in putting together a production, uh, like, so they're very receptive to it, and they they like it because they get to kind of choose where they want to be and how they want to shine and how they want to show up. And then I also find that they're oftentimes bringing together kids who have never who haven't worked together before, but during the process of them working together, they really recognize that it takes a team, and if one person is not doing the work or one person is not showing up or not doing their best, it ha- it has a deep impact on the whole team. So everyone tries to work together to make sure that, you know, if if such and such is not having a good day, okay, let's have a conversation with them. Let's see how they're doing. Let's really just kind of do a check-in, a temperature check and see how we can help this person and bring this person along as opposed to, oh well, this person's not feeling well or this person's not, you know, mentally there. And we're just going to leave them over there, and we're going to do our thing. No, we're going to—we're a team, and we have to all work together to meet this goal, which is to create a really amazing um, production. That is interesting. That is it. also
1: you are teaching also about the value of teamwork here, and mm-hmm. that is great. No, yeah, that is yes. great.
0: It's so crucial, <laughs> so crucial, and it's something that you—it's know, something that they learn. They sh- they definitely learn like in areas of sports and other areas of their life. I think it's just nice that they actually see this in our true work environment, because really, that's what we're doing. We're really replicating what a work environment would be. And they it makes sense to them because it's like, okay, well, we're doing this. And I then show them job descriptions and say, look, you everything that you're doing here, an employer wants like if you decide that that's what you want to do you can do it on your own. I tell them always, I said, you always have to have two paths, right? You always have to have diversifying your income, right? You need to be able to do this on a consulting basis, which you can. And you also, if you decide that you want to work, you can go and, and get a job and do this, but also know that you can have something on the side that's, you know, giving you, you know, some other options. Again, it's about options. Like they have to have options.
1: And also about mentality. You see, this mm-hmm. question of um, mindset, and particularly about money, is an argument that is not discussed enough at all within mm-hmm. our community. Yes. I think more people need to start talking about money, how money works. Mm-hmm. Because yes. the community needs the money. We are some of the most underdeveloped community among communities. Mm-hmm. So it's just because we don't yet understand. Because if I don't share the information with you, you cannot know what I have in me. Exactly. So exactly. yeah, yeah. We, we need more, we need more people, more expert in the finance to, to
0: yes. come out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and doing it at, is sharing it at a younger age. Right. Because I know I've seen, you know, they're, they're financial experts who actually target, you know, older, uh, populations or populations who are not like, you know, adults. Right. But I think we really need to be targeting. And I mean, finance needs to be in school. Like, (laughs) you know, that budgeting and stuff needs to be in school. And of course, that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, we do. We do. I think we do. We need to know that. And we also need to realize that we need to have a business. Right. And I, I don't can't really speak for, you know, like what's going on in Italy but you know here in New York and in the United States like the tax benefits are created to benefit businesses they're not created really to benefit you know individuals who have a job and 9 to 5 job it's really benefited to, it's really here to benefit businesses and the sooner that our children start understanding that and even our you know people in general understand that then I think the better off will be at least have, and I'm not saying that, you know, you have to have a full on out business, but have a side business, right? So that you can get some tax breaks. It's good. (laughs) It's good. Exactly. That
1: that is a a good plan because if you are, if you are giving out of benefit to people who are not really Mm -hmm. making, okay. I'm not saying that people that are doing nine to five are not making contribution, but we're talking about generating more job for people, you know? Yes. So we need more people that are thinking, Mm-hmm. Not just thinking of how to repeat the same thing for forty years. People who are bringing in new ideas into the society yes, exactly. by way of providing solution. This is what entrepreneurs are. So yeah. the government must pay these people, I mean pay the people, meaning give them some task leverages so they can continue to create.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we I think we missed the, the point. But I think it also I think it's also um it, I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. I think it's also set up that way, right? like we were birth thinking, you go to school, you get a good job. And that's it, right? You have a family and stuff like that. But it's never you go to school, you learn, figure out something, (laughs) what's missing in the market. And and offer that like, right. And offer that, I try to get my sons and I'm still pushing for them. But I'm like, dudes you guys are like kids people will buy from you just because you're cute so you need to use that to your advantage like thank you that's lovely that's
1: (laughs) you know everything is opportunity Mm-hmm, everything. Exactly. I, I've interviewed people here that, I interviewed a guy He's from Sweden. Of course, mm-hmm. we have done a number of uh, a podcast episodes here. He told mm-hmm. me that he started his business when he was 11 years old.
0: Exactly. At
1: that time, of course, business, because business is a mindset, no? knowing that he go out there, collecting something, and he go out to sell an exchange mm-hmm. for money. I think if, uh, Robert Saki also said something similar no, of yes. his uh, rich dad and poor yes. dad. But it's another thing you start when you're already 40. Because it's mm-hmm. a question of mindset. It's not about having a lot of money loaded in a in a
0: suitcase. No. <laughs> Definitely, it's <laughs> not. Definitely not. You probably have a different mindset if you had a lot of money in the suitcase.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so this idea actually needs to be taught to our children when they mm-hmm. are still young. This is how it functions. Then of yeah. course, we are going to uh, grow old, uh, play the game.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's so important. It's so important. But I think that that these limited in beliefs. Yeah, you know, unfortunately, are not like just for adults, like their limited beliefs in kids. And I think that it's up to us as adults to really, really hone in and really foster and really cultivate these beliefs. Because like, I mean, kids, I think I oftentimes like think like adults kind of get in the way because we offer like our own limitations. And I think that if we just really let our kids just just brainstorm and think, and just let it just kind of go, go free. It you would be really, uh, you'd be really surprised about what they come up with. And that's the other reason why I like working with kids and doing the live streaming, because I've been so surprised at what things that my kids have come up with and we just go for it. Like I, I always tell them I'm open to just about Anything, just don't embarrass me. <laughs> just be professional, about but you know, I, I I don't want. But at the same time, I tell them I don't want to to limit what you guys are trying to do. You guys have gifts in this world, and you need to put it out there. And they, they do it. They do it.
1: Uh, that's lovely. Uh, all the children they did that because we don't we don't get limitation naturally. We get it in the society, mm-hmm. in the culture, mm-hmm. no. So mm-hmm. if we free ourselves more, they will be having more elements all over the places. Now, people yes. who, who can, okay, maybe we might never really be able to take people to start living in a mask. Um, right. It, but the, the impure that is going to put into this world is going mm-hmm. to it's going to help everybody. Yes. It's going to yes. help everybody. So we must not be thinking within limitation. This is, the only, this is only what I can do. No. Yes. What is on the other side?
0: Yeah. Just let yeah.
1: think about it. Let's think.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. One of my, I'm sorry. One of my favorite books is uh Gary, Gary Cardone. I, I think I'm pronouncing it right. It's uh called 10 X. And basically he, it's that same type of principle, right? That you, the limited beliefs are what keep is what keeping you is what's keeping you back. And if you say hey you know what my goal is for the next year is to make you know $500,000 right even if you don't make the $500,000 and you make say $100,000 you have you've reached your you know you've gotten more than what you have gotten before like as opposed to if you said $100,000 and you've only reached $25,000 right so it's about any goal that you have you need to 10x it like if you say i want to make $250,000, you need to 10X and say, I want to make $2.5 million. And then if you get somewhere between, you're good. <laughs> <It's still okay. laughs> right, just exactly. For,
1: just for, the, for the star, maybe you landed in the moon, it's still fine, you're still out of this
0: space, no? <laughs> exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> all right, all right. Now, uh, in live streaming, in the kind of business that you do, uh-huh. tell me, what is the role of technology in what you do?
0: Oh my gosh. If I didn't have technology, I wouldn't be doing it. (laughs) Like if I didn't have technology, there wouldn't be a job. (laughs) Um, It requires so much, so much. Like there's literally, I mean, from the cameras, from the lenses, from the encoders, from the, from the computers, from the mics, from the, you know, the, 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 the mixer, like if, didn't have any of that stuff i wouldn't have a business (laughs) so it is crucial it is central to everything that i do
1: and i'm so happy that you're also bringing children into this conversation because um you know children need to know how to code it is very important we need to understand the the business of binary the business of the multiplication Mm -hmm. of numbers of Mm -hmm. Of of the digital language, no, yes. it's very important that they understand it, so that of course there is not even excuse, there is no reason why they would not, because this is the world they were born in, so they must understand it. Yes, yes. If you just yes. allow the <laughs> children, they will they will do exploit. Yes, yes. You get what yes. I mean. So yeah. Now, but there's, there's something I want to ask them. Sure. There are people who complain a lot about introducing children to technology. Mm. So what do you what do you say there? What is the line... The fine line between what is enough and what is too much and what do you what do you usually say to, to their response as a tweet
0: um i mean i I definitely can see it and I can definitely see how technology can uh be a part of someone's life so much that it replaces things like going for a walk and you know being in nature and stuff like that at the same time this is this is where we're at right, and I think that. Having that argument, I think there definitely needs to be a balance. But there's so many people that I know, especially in our communities, who are not techno- technological savvy, and that's a problem. Like right? that, I think that puts some kind of that puts some kind of like hinging on what they're what they they should or could be doing in life. So. Excuse me, I'm a tech ta- technology advocate. Like I jokingly, I was laughing at my husband the other day and I was like, literally, I think we have <laughs> more than <laughs> several laptops. <laughs> All like and not not even like old laptops. They're like brand new laptops uh in our household. You know, my son, my youngest, my oldest have been on technology since they probably could like cut their tooth. Yeah, so I think I think there's you know as jobs as parents is to introduce it and to monitor it, but I I don't think it's fair to our children to not allow not allow them and for them to be a part of it right and to actually learn it. So I'm for it. I I think I I don't think we should say hey you know what the kids you know got this technology and we should shy shy away from it. No, our kids need to know. Know this, and in order to compete in this world, they have to be a part of this conversation, because that's why when we look at like you know different social medias and and um and actually there's a book that I have to finish reading, but they talk about the racism and related to technology, and I think that because our voices are not in there and at the forefront, there the the decisions that are being made, uh, algorithms that are you know are being influenced that don't have us in mind. So we really need to have, to be able to be a part of this conversation.
1: I used to think about that a lot, no? But at a point, mm-hmm. even in Africa, the bodies are changing that is things are changing very fast, uh, actually, mm-hmm. in that it, many people think that this is something for the white people, technology yeah. is for the white people. But it is wrong. It is, right. it is not for the white, it's for the people of this time. Exactly. Because there was no okay that there I have that there have always be technology. If the pyramid was set up like that, mm-hmm. just people have to figure out how to do it. So technology is already in place there. But this yeah. type of the technology that we have is for us, those that are living in this time. You know, just right. to give you a kind of um a kind of <laughs> a kind of insight into this, when mm-hmm. COVID nineteen break out, many people started uh, brewing rumors everywhere that, okay, COVID-19 came because of the people that are trying to manipulate everything, and they, right. because they are bringing um, G5. Uh, oh, 5G. yeah, 5G. Uh-huh. 5G is connected. But what does 5G got to do with COVID-19? You know, they were bringing out all these terrible rumors everywhere. Yes. As if At the end of the day, it's simple. You need to hate technology. Yes. So where, where do people come up with
0: those self-defeat
1: belief system I don't
0: understand uh, well i think i think in general just again it goes back to that mindset right like everything i think everything i often say that if you want to succeed you break someone's mind if you if you don't want someone to succeed you break someone's mind like right you create self-doubt you plant self-doubt into what what they could possibly think about and you've succeeded so i think it's definitely a mindset it's definitely people not wanting to take risks And, you know, I, I always, I have a couple, I have many sayings, right. But (laughs) one of of my top sayings is that you can always buy more shoes. You can always get more money. You can always get more material things, but you can never get back time. And for me, once I started really thinking about that, I realized that, you know, I have to take more risk and I have to change my mindset because I don't want to be stuck looking back, you know, a year from now seeing myself in the same position that I was in like a year a year ago.
1: I remember you did make mention of um, of the tools uh, mm-hmm. you were making mention of camera and things like that. Could mm-hmm. you please explain to me which are actually the tools that help you to uh, do your work well?
0: Tools that make that help me do my work well. Uh well, it depends, right? So when I am on site and working with a, a client the tools that help me do my work well are is like my Sony a6400. Love that camera. Like someone introduced that to me a couple of months ago and I just love it. Uh, I also use something called, well, it depends on the the, the the situation. Like I'll use an encoder, hardware encoder, like a single studio, or I use a live view solo if I need to bond, do a cellular bond technology, which means that you basically take several modems and you bond them all together to make sure that you have a really strong internet connection. When I'm at home, I'm using Ecamm Live because I have a Mac or I'll use vMix. So those are kind of the tools that help me do my thing really well. If I have to do my own like graphics, I'm using Canva and DaVinci uh for promotion for promotional videos and commercials and stuff like that so those are my tools like that's that's kind of a preliminary if i go down the line we'll be here forever <laughs> all, right. <laughs> <I know. laughs> all right i asked the question
1: because now um, each of the tools that you have you're going to mm-hmm. have to learn it no so mm-hmm. I, I wanted to speak to the learning process and of oh, course, if, if you if somebody <laughs> is starting a business, you are telling the person, you are going to use this, use that, use that, and use that. Mm-hmm. And this person has always seen the surface of this of these tools, if you have ever, ever seen it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, because not just see it, but you are not going to be able to manipulate it, you know how to use it. The person right. might be sort of, <laughs> say, ah, uh, maybe I'm not interested. So right. tell me about the learning process as a kind of advice now to people that are listening to us.
0: Um, so learning process as advice, um, um, I would probably say I, my learning advice would be try it on your own first, start with where you're at, look around, see what you have, in your, at your disposal. If you have a smart cam or a smartphone, use a smartphone, make sure you have good lighting. Uh, I think you just need to start with, with where you're at and just build on it. I actually learned on OBS and that was <laughs> a big learning curve and a long and arduous learning process. Uh, but I think that the great thing work, working with OBS, OBS was free, right? So if as much as possible, start with the free platforms and learn that way. And then, start, you, then you can start building into other higher end um, platforms platforms and technology and and hardware and stuff like that. But start with where you're at. Like I started with literally an iPad, a laptop, uh using my camera on my laptop. And I would take lights and lamps and just stick them however I could to make sure I got great lighting. And you just start building from there. Like I, you know, my first job doing production was literally with a tripod and an iPad the video was crap, <laughs> but, you know, I was in the audio wasn't that good, but, you know, I, I up building up more and more. And now, you know, next thing is I'm looking at learning a uh, TriCaster and, and those larger and more, more of a beast in live stream production. So I think just start with your, where you're at and add, as you get better, as you get more practice.
1: All right. Now, Yasmin, we really appreciate your time. Thank At this you. moment, we usually give it to our uh, our guests to
0: mm-hmm.
1: advertise and sell because this okay. is also why we are here. We are here to connect. So tell the audience how can they reach you? What do you have in offer? Are you sell it anything? Do you want them to buy anything from you? Please go ahead and do that.
0: Um, <laughs> actually, I do consulting. So if you're if you're ever ever interested in doing consulting, you definitely can reach out to me. Uh, you can send me shoot me an email. At hello at urbanstream.live. that's eight hello at u r b a n stream s t r e a m dot live you can always connect with me on LinkedIn I'm always on LinkedIn I actually am in the process of putting some things together I'm gonna to, I I'm going to be doing probably a bootcamp or a master mini boot bootcamp probably in the summer so definitely go and follow me on LinkedIn where I post every day monday actually sunday through sunday <laughs> and you know definitely check me out I'm, i live stream every tuesdays and thursdays at 2 p.m eastern standard time so just come and connect with me I'm, I'm on linkedin shoot me a message and say hi
1: to another woman out there uh like you who have seen you that you have made it you no know, you are mm-hmm. you are where you want to be
0: mm-hmm. growing or
1: what do you want to tell them as a form of advice that okay hey don't stay in your comfort zone i think we said this thing before but this is a kind of uh, reinforcing that line yeah please
0: go you know what I, i'll leave it with this you only have one life right you can get back money you can get back material things but you can never be- get back your time so use it wisely.
1: thank you so much yasmine it has no been problem. a pleasure here yes
0: yeah, same here thank you
1: <laughs> thank you so much if you enjoy this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehe Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehe 14 Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.